Father in heaven, bless us, your people, now. By your spirit, be at work in our hearts and in our minds. Uh, reveal more of your Son to us. Teach us truth and conform us to your will. In the name of your Son, we pray. Amen. So, the way that we're going to do it this morning is we're going to meander through uh, the passage. Uh, I'll make some comments along the way. Then we'll try to gather up at the end uh, what we can draw from uh, this text for our own lives. Uh, so, starting at the uh, first verse that we have before us, we have here verse 28. Uh, then the Jewish leaders took... Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So the setting for this scene, uh, if you remember, was um, Jesus has been arrested in the garden. That's the first scene. Second scene, he was taken before the Jewish uh, council and he was tried by them in what was probably an unlawful trial. John doesn't record uh, the trial that takes place before Caiaphas. He wants to leave that out. And he goes straight through to this next scene, which is Jesus before Pilate. And what the uh, Jewish leaders want at this point is they want uh, Pilate to ratify the decision that they've already made. They've made a conclusion about Jesus, and they bring him to Pilate so that Pilate can condemn him and kill him. That's the plan. The plan is not to have another trial, as it were. Just think about this moment for a second here. They've taken... Jesus, and by this point in the gospel we know that Jesus is uh, the Son of God, he's God himself. Uh, Jesus has come to be the Lamb of God, to take away the sins of the world. Uh, it's the time of Passover. He, the Lamb has already been tested and found spotless. He's the perfect Lamb. And look what it says about the Jewish leaders. Look what they wanted to do. And to avoid uh, ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. They've taken Jesus to Pilate so that uh, Pilate can kill him. They've just had a, a trial that was basically a sham and they've got no good reason to kill Jesus whatsoever. And here, they don't want to go into the palace so that they don't get unclean. Can anybody spot the irony? This is hypocrisy at its peak. And it's, quite, it's laughable, isn't it? It's quite ridiculous, really. Rather than become unclean by entering the governor's palace, will kill God. They would probably make 
Pilate's palace filthy by going in. But it's never just for us to see hypocrisy and laugh, is it, in the Bible? It's a window into hypocrisy. And how sad and tragic hypocrisy is. When on the one hand, we'll say one thing, do one thing here, and by the same standards, uh, break our own laws over there. It's a very sad reality. And hypocrisy, I've wondered, is that uh, the greatest sin uh, of the modern day? Because nobody wants to be a hypocrite. But everybody's good, apparently. I suspect that actually we're just full of hypocrisy. That's verse 28. So what happens next? So Pilate came out to them. And here's the movement of this scene. First section is Pilate outside with the Jewish leaders. Pilate will go inside and have some dialogue with Jesus. And he'll go back outside and deal with the Jewish leaders. So here he comes. He's come outside. What charges are you bringing against this man? And here's where we see that it's a trial scene. That's what's being set up. A trial scene. We know what they want. They want him to simply kill Jesus. They say... If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Again, uh, the irony, literally reading uh, in verse 30, if he were not doing evil, if he were not doing evil, and perhaps your ESV says that. Now, the readers know, because we've been reading the Gospel of John, that doing evil is a, uh, is a key idea. That's a good point. Uh, is Jesus doing evil? Because he's actually said earlier that he's come into the world to testify about the world that its deeds are evil. Jesus had said, the world uh, hates me because I testify about it that its deeds are evil. And so now, as we read on, we have the Jewish leaders saying, planning to kill Jesus and saying, it's because his deeds are evil. What is actually happening is we are seeing that the Jews, the Jewish leaders, have aligned themselves with the world and they themselves are the ones who are doing evil. And so Pilate says, take him yourself, verse 31, and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. When it says there, this took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die, earlier on, when he predicted the way that he was going to be killed, he said, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And then it says, and he said this to explain the kind of death that he was going to die. 
And so the point here is, between these two verses and, and what we just read earlier about if we, we wouldn't bring him out if he weren't doing evil, is that this trial scene has been uh, flipped in some ways. And so although it looks like Jesus is on trial, uh, the world and the Jewish leaders are actually on trial. So they're both on trial. And here's the judgment of the world. Our deeds are evil. Verse 33, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him. Okay, so now that's the outside scene with the Jewish leaders. Jesus comes inside now to talk to Jesus. Summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? This is, Jesus is brilliant. And this is like a, really cool Jesus um, way of answering. He's framed his answer in a really clever way, right? Because what he's an uh, Pilate wants to know, are you the king of the Jews? Okay. Now that could be understood in two different ways. That question could be two different types of question. And Jesus gets to that uh, with his response. So, he could either be clarifying, Jesus is clarifying in this, either Jesus says, are you just saying this because that's what the Jews have charged me with? Okay, Because if that's what your question is about, then it requires one particular type of answer. If you're thinking of an earthly king and you're thinking that I'm the earthly king of the Jews and, and that's what your question is about, then I need to give you this answer. But that the question could be, and this is where Jesus like, uh, goes for Pilate himself. Yeah, see, goes for his heart, which is what Jesus loves to do. He makes it about um, uh, you personally. I know that we're here and I'm on trial, you know, and you're the governor and it's all very important. But actually, are you personally asking this question? Do you want to know if I'm the king of the Jews? Because then I can give you a... Another slightly different answer. And the point there is, Jesus is uh, reaching in behind the, the surface issue to say, I really want to get to the heart and I'm going to get to your heart. And we're going to get to the heart of the matter. And Jesus has done this a number of times uh, in the gospel already. If you remember um, talking to Nicodemus about being born again and Nicodemus is stuck on being physically born again and Jesus says, well, we need to go back in there a little bit and talk about what I mean by being born again. You're stuck on a kind of earthly, this-worldly plane. Or then he goes and he meets the woman at the well and the woman at the well um, says, you know, oh, where do you get this water from that can help us to live forever? That sounds amazing. And Jesus says, well, actually, I'm talking about a kind of water that I'm the water and... So he goes and gets behind there, and then when it becomes, oh, yeah, great, get the water, he goes, where's your husband? Right? And again, this is all good and well, we talk about the water, but actually when it gets real, we have to go for the heart. And here I am, and I want to talk about you, and I want to talk about your heart. Or then we have uh, the bloke at the pool of Siloam. And he wants to get well, just as you want to get well. And he says, yes, but the pool and getting down there. And he says, ah, I'm going to teach you about myself and how I'm the healer and 
or about the people who follow Jesus because he feeds 5,000. And then they follow him and they want to get more food. Do a sign for us, like make some more food. And he says, yes, but we're going to talk about the real food and what the real issue is. Can you see that? That's what Jesus does. And it's partly why Jesus is so epic. So, Jesus has got that clarifying question. Do you ask this question of your own accord, or are you saying it because that's what they've charged me with, and you're just doing your role? Pilate replied, verse 35, Am I a Jew? Am I a Jew? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? And I think that the way that we should read this is this is Pilate's way of distancing himself from the second option. It's a way of saying, uh, let's not talk about me. Let's avert that discussion. I'm not a Jew. Your people handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus replies in verse 36, Given now we see, right, okay, we're going to deal with the first question. You're saying this because that's what I've been charged with, and so you're on the plane of thinking that I'm an earthly king who's a political threat. And that's how I've been presented. The Jews have presented me to you like this uh, because that's the way that they're going to get you killed. That's probably not all going through his head, but that's what the chief priests have done. That's why they've presented Jesus to Pilate as the king of the Jews, because by pitching him in that way, he becomes a threat to Rome, and now we can come up with a reason to kill him. Okay, so Pilate's on that track now. That's the plane he's on. Are you the king of the Jews? Even though Pilate's probably smarter than that, and probably thinks, would it really be the case that the Jewish leaders would give me their king if he was going to lead a political revolt and be a threat to me in order to kill him, right? There's something suspicious about it. So Pilate should probably know more. Nonetheless, that's the track that he takes. He probably doesn't want to get to the issue of himself. Jesus said, my kingdom is not this, and now he gives an answer, right? Okay, you want to, you're, you're fixed on the idea of me being a king, Here's the answer I'm going to give you. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now, my kingdom is from another place. Jesus clarifies uh, what he means. So he says, my kingdom is not of this world. And that's a little bit what he's talking about. And then he clarifies what he means by not of this world by speaking about his non-fighting servants, which is a way of saying it's not a kingdom, my kingdom is not a kingdom like the kingdom that, you, um, that would be a threat to you uh, materially, physically, fightingly, geographically, right nowly. That's not the threat that's in front of you. But it's interesting that he says, my kingdom is not of this world. Because world in John has got a lot of ideas attached to it by the time it gets to here. 
And that's partly why earlier this, uh, judge, this trial scene was about the judgment of this world. Now is the judgment of this world. Just to, here's a few things in John uh, about the world. Firstly, the world is not just material creation. He's not just talking about kind of plants and trees and rocks. And we know that from chapter 1, verse 10, because Jesus uh, came into the world, and it says, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, but the world did not know him, or did not recognize him. You see, the world is people there. It's not just material creation. Another thing about the world is that the world loves darkness, right? In 3.19, Jesus says, this is the verdict. Uh, Light has come into the world, but the people, the world, the people, but the people loved darkness because their deeds were evil. That's something about the world. Next, uh, the world hates Jesus. And we've already had that, uh, Jesus quoting that verse. Now is the judgment of the world. The world hates me because I testify that that its deeds are evil. Again, we've got the same idea. The world is evil, it hates Jesus, it loves darkness. Uh, The world is this present age. In chapter 12, Jesus had said, uh, anyone who loves his life will lose it, but anyone who loses his his life uh, in this world will gain it for eternal life. And here, this world, uh, by attaching this to world, uh, I think he's talking about this present age. This world, the world right now, in the state that it's in, um, full of sin. That's a few things about the world, but at the same time, God loves the world. In chapter 3.16, famous verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus, uh, chapter 1, is the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus came to save the world. Uh, Chapter 12, Jesus came as a light for this world. Those two things are quite striking when they are put side by side, when we have the way that the world is and how John paints the world to us. And then in the midst of that, how has Jesus been relating to the world so far? God loves the world. He came in to die for the world, to be the lamb for the world. He's the light of the world. He came to save the world. These two things are so opposed to each other. The world hating Jesus while Jesus busy loving and dying for the world. So he clarifies, my kingdom is not of this world. You are a king then, verse 37, Pilate said. And so Pilate continues to drive at his one point about an earthly king who is a political political threat. And maybe he's trying to pitch it so he can say, um, what is it, soothe his conscience by saying, yeah, yeah, if I can just convince myself that you really are a threat and let's talk along those lines, then when I send you away, I'll have done what's right. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. 
See there again, came into the world. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And here Jesus clarifies the mission. He's here to gather truth followers. And in a way, this has been the difficult part this week, trying to speak with clear lines, uh, that religion is more important. What do I mean? Uh, This is where the true battle lies than the physical earthly kingdom. What we believe about God and humanity, about Jesus, these are the big issues. At one level, the question of politics is a big issue, but the real big issue is what we do with the truth. And personally, like Pilate, what we do with the truth. And so Jesus clarifies, I came to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Verse 38, what is truth, retorted Pilate. And I think that's probably Pilate shutting the door on himself and the question of whether he's going to deal with that deeper issue. And so he continues to resist the idea of Jesus getting to his heart. With this, with this, Pilate went out again, this is verse 38, to the Jews gathered outside and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. So he's now back outside and he, said, he says now, not a political threat. Perhaps he's caught enough of it, the idea. Pilate seems to be quite a confusing, conflicted, odd guy. Um, can't work out what he really thinks. He, he, he pushes the idea that Jesus, I don't have a charge against him, but he's willing to crucify him nonetheless, and that'll be next week. And then he says, uh, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? Verse 40, they shouted back, no, not him, give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. There's something odd about this final verse and this final scene where Jesus goes back out to the chief priests and rather than take their true king, they'll take a guy who I think he's, Barabbas is probably a political kind of rebel. He's taken part in a political uprising. He's been a murderer. He's killed people. He's probably the real threat, right? He's probably the real danger if there was one here in the scene to Pilate and he's probably not the king or the leader that the Jews need and so on either side of this discussion with Jesus in the middle we can see the absurdity of the worldly mindset let's kill the guy who is the king and let's get the guy who kills people um, who's Um, a rebel leader and possibly going to get us in more trouble with Rome, Um, let's have him released instead because we don't want to lose our place. It's all quite mad, really. They didn't want to lose their place uh, in Rome, Uh, so let's let's do it this way. And maybe there's a, maybe there's a, 
uh, a window there into the absurd nature of sin. Uh, when we think we'll govern things according to our own will, what kind of uh, pickle we get ourselves in. Okay, so that's a little meander through the passage. What's the big idea and what can we take away? I think what strikes the most uh, is the way that both the Jewish leaders and Pilate missed the real issue. They missed uh, religious truth and specifically what to do with Jesus. And as I've already said, Jesus Jesus has come into the world, John wants to make this clear, to deal with the deepest issue of the human condition. And that's our relationship with God. And that's what he's driving at the whole time. That's what he's driving at in chapter 6 with the people who want him to do a miracle and feed them. He wants to drive to the deepest issue, which is food is going to keep you alive for so long, you're still going to die. You need to live forever. You're still under the wrath of God, chapter 3. Same with the woman at the well. You don't just need water to keep you alive now. You need living water that's going to well up to eternal life. You need what's really going in your heart to be dealt with. And you need me. This is the deepest issue of the human condition. It's our relationship with God. And the key question we have to deal with there is what is truth? What is truth? The Jewish leaders missed Jesus because of religious reasons. They thought they had different ideas about how to, um, how to do religion and what, what success was going to look like. Pilate missed Jesus because he didn't want to deal with religious issues. I suppose there's a sense here for the view of the church if we perhaps just viewed the church as a social club. We've missed the point. What we are here and what we're doing is about the most vital issue uh, that we all have. And that's eternal life. Both the Jews and Pilate have missed the point because they've been blocked by the ceiling of this present world. And Jesus says, my kingdom is not of or not from this world. And the Jews possibly missed Genesis 3, that death is there and that's our biggest problem. And Pilate perhaps again, just thinks of this present life, this earthly life, our material existence as what matters. It's not hard to see that this is widespread view today. Uh, But Jesus' point is to, as we see the way that he deals with Pilate, is to go in behind what we might think of as our... what we really need. And maybe we see it today like uh, in uh, Brexit, right? Politics is very big. This happens in lots of other areas. Education, you know, is going to be the problem. 
and in our own lives we see it. This is the particular thing that will fix my problem. Uh, this is the um, house that I need that will fix my problem. This is where my energy is going to be focused on my clothing or my looks or my partner or my children or my whatever else. And Jesus wants to get right in behind and say, I want to deal with your heart, I want to deal with the real issue of your relationship to God and, your, and that is going to be about your relationship to me. I'm the truth, I've come to testify about the truth, I stand before you as truth, I'm the litmus test for your relationship with God and how you deal with me is the big question and the key issue. Sadly, as the story goes, they and we conclude that we'd rather have Jesus out and stick to our own plans. But the good news of the gospel is that in the midst of all of that, while all of that's happening, while the world is busy condemning and killing God, God is busy saving the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Uh, thank you, Jesus, that you uh, want to get to our hearts. We pray that you would help us to uh, respond rightly to you uh, as the truth and to fix our hearts and our minds on your uh, heavenly and eternal kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.